Don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pure thoughts. Pure thoughts. Have you thought that you're pure thoughts? <laughs> In that photo I sent. Yeah. Quite ghastly. Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop music album and break it down, track by track. And Will, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but here. Oh, it's lovely to see you, Dan. I'm relishing every face-to-face recording opportunity we have at the moment because we don't know how long it's going to be uh, doable for. It's my expectation that the government will today announce that London will shortly be moving into Tier 2 or the high alert level of restrictions. No, we don't know, but we're doing it today. And on the turntable this week, we have got Saints and Sinners by All Saints. Uh, All Saints are back. Have we done them on track by track before? So about two years ago. Yes, of course. Yes, we have. That's why I can't remember because it was two years ago. So long ago. That was on our girl band month um, and we did their debut album. So we are, this is their second album, third album, second album. Second album. And as we've previously mentioned, we're doing it because we are celebrating all of this month. We're celebrating albums that turn 20 and this one turned 20 actually just a few days ago, Will. And without giving too much away, this is also part of a sub sub uh, special, and this is the first of a two week series of uh, last albums by girl groups before they parted their ways <laughs> the first time round. It's quite specific. Have I said too much? Well, maybe. So don't stop listening now if you actually want to talk about the Spice Girls next week. Um, we'll get there. Yeah. Oh, I thought we were doing Bewitch next week. Oh. That rule would have worked for them as well. Oh. Danny, hold on. <laughs> so All Saints are back on Track by Track. A girl group formed in 1993 when they were originally All Saints 1975, which we talked about in that episode, if I remember correctly. Well, I think we did. Quite a patchy memory. I can remember some things, but not others. Um, what's it called? Um, when you choose what you want to remember. Selective memory. Yes, that's the one. Uh, what's your name? John. John. Uh, so in All Saints, you have got Melanie Blatt, Shazne Lewis, Nicole Appleton, and Natalie Appleton. So All Saints have been around as a four since 1996, uh, when Nicole and Natalie joined uh, Mel and Shaz. I'm sure they wouldn't mind me calling them Mel and Shaz. No, not at all, no. And they have had a lot of success over that time. And obviously, we talked about Never Ever, uh, I Know Where It's At, Booty Call, under the Bridge, Lady Marmalade, uh, in the first episode that we did about them. And as ever, we have got more to talk about, much, much more to talk about. And arguably, Dan, some of their biggest tracks today to talk yeah. about. I, I, I'd completely agree, actually. And I also want to make it very clear that I think their later material, they could have done three more albums since this. Uh, two in quite succession more recently and I think they are both fantastic the more recent ones I was just listening to Testament the other day and uh, after all brilliant stunning 
Uh, absolutely stunning. Um, and other stuff on that album that I can't remember now, but no. Love Last Forever was a great L- that was lead it. single. But after all, of course, with Willie Morbit, who we might be talking about later on today. Dan, I've already got a mop and a couple of wet floor signs ready. There are some of my favourite pop songs ever on this album. Just going to put it out there. So, uh, yeah, I was very excited to talk about it. And we might have to do a director's cut of this episode because I will just be gushing about how much I love them. Uh, that, so we are talking about Saints and Sinners today. So this was the second album. Uh, so, yeah, this was um, with a number of different producers uh, and writers alongside some of the group themselves. And obviously we're going to come on to all of that. Also, with some further listening at the end to take you over the line um all that and more to coming up on today's track by track let's get stuck in shall we dan let's get stuck in so side one track one this is stone cold classic not just for the, for all saints but uh as a pop song this is pure sure So pure shores there, and this—it uh, was like karaoke night down the Partridge and Penny Whistle just then here, wasn't it, Dan? Well, yeah, not currently under um, COVID guidelines. Karaoke's not allowed, of course. But uh, your mum won't have it. No, my mum will not have it. No, and she normally is up for karaoke. Actually, she's a big fan. She normally likes to have it. Yes, yeah, every weekend. <laughs> Good for her, at her age. Yeah, especially um, when she's up there doing it with one of the locals as well. They probably all take it in turns, don't they? <laughs> yeah, she don't mind. She don't mind joining any of them, really. <laughs> <laughs> and how big was this song back in the day, Dan? It was huge, wasn't it? It was huge. It was everywhere, and I really do think that it is a timeless pop song because, of course, as we said, this album is twenty. This single came out earlier in the year in 2000 so this celebrated its 20th anniversary a few months ago and i was thinking that if you think about when this single came out in 2000 20 years before that was 1980 that kind of that's when it starts to blow my mind and put it into perspective that that's the kind of time difference we're seeing here because this song to me sounds fresh it sounds new it sounds crisp it's it's i think it's one of the best pop songs ever written and this was the height of their All Saints fame. And they were just everywhere you could think possible performing this track at the time. So they were on all the pop shows, Saturday morning shows. They did festivals. They did GAY. They did award shows. They did gigs, places like Coco as well. So, you know, there's, this really was a huge time for them. And this was just icing on the cake. Obviously, chart performance, of course, it was a number one. It was a huge number one sold an insane amount 824,000 copies and of course this was the first taste of new material from the girls wasn't it they'd had the first album they had five singles from that lots of success and this was the first sign of something new and of course it was from the film the beach as well from that soundtrack and there's always that little risk isn't there when it, when it's the the new album and the new sound and is is it all going to be as successful as before are they going to have second album syndrome Absolutely not with this. It was a hit and rightfully so. A couple of bits on this. So Lewis Corner from Digital Spy. Lewis. Who? Where are you, Nick? Hmm. 
Holiday. Annual leave. Or probably this sort of... Journalism college. Yeah. Uh, said that it was it was um, a shame for the video that, obviously, this was the on the soundtrack for the film The Beach, which is in Thailand, absolutely beautiful location. Um, it was a shame that this was shot on a chilly beach in Norfolk. It was a bit of a strange video, wasn't it? Yeah, it didn't really go with the theme of the film. Very sort of blurry and juddery from what I remember. Mm. And it didn't really, because Pure Shores is such a lovely title, and it does make you think of pure, you know, exotic beach shores, not kind of the tide washing up some plastic in Norfolk. Well, I think you're filling in the blanks a little bit there, Dan. Well, I often do. It's a perfectly clean beach. And also, of course, we've got to mention that this one was written by Chasney with William Orbit, who also produced the track. I think if you know a thing or two about music, you'd have known that already, but you could have actually just probably tell, been able to tell from the sort of spacey synth sounds that he puts in there. Do you know a thing or two about music? No, I don't know. I had to read up on it, but mm. uh, someone else. Me? No. No, sorry. I'm getting ideas above my station. Mm-hmm. Well, have a little chat, actually, when the next song's playing. Track two, then, in that case, if you're going to be like that, uh, this is uh, track two, single three, all hooked up. Give me a page or two, not at all will I call, not at all. I know that you want a piece of Don't you know that a guy like you would Don't that was great. Uh, I love the bass line in that track. The dum, 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 dum. Ooh, ah. Oh, you look me right in the eye when you did that. That's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> you have nightmares. That was like that time you were eating that vegetarian sausage and um, I caught your eye across the dinner table. And honestly, listeners, I've never felt so awkward in all my life. Well, then I felt awkward, so I dropped it. But I ended up with mayonnaise all around my mouth. <laughs> I tried to catch it, slipped out my hand and poked me straight in the eye. Do you know, I wondered where it had gone. I thought you'd just swallowed it whole. Anyway. So, the bass line is fantastic in this. I just think, generally... Generally? Yeah. Uh, musically, it's... You know, this came, as you said, this was single three. So you had Pure Shores and Black Coffee that we'll talk about later. Both really sophisticated pop R&B sounds. And then this one was much more playful and cheeky with just with the whole sound and the kind of sound effects the little phone thing going on in there the moaning and the groaning lots of moaning and groaning and oohs and ahs uh, but also the lyrics as well about i know that you want a piece of my ass this one is written with uh Chazney and carl gordon aka kg who did a lot of stuff on the first album and he also produced this one as well it feels like it yeah very familiar but it's just moved on evolved a bit more adult yes Definitely. Almost um, maybe a bit of a continuation from Bootical with some of those sound effects and some of the lyrical content. Although talking about the lyrics, Will, you mentioned before that the girls were performing on all the big TV shows, CD UK and whatnot. They actually pulled out of performing on CD UK and T4 uh, to promote this song because the producers wanted them to change the words of, you know, the taking out the ass. 
and they thought it was a, uh, an important part of the song, so they decided not to perform it live instead. Principles. Yes. Pop principles. Mm. A new, new podcast. podcast. <laughs> Uh, this got to number seven in the singles chart, uh, so n- not as huge as the first two tracks, but still a very respectable top ten hit. But it's, it, I remember being quite surprised at that because Pure Shores and Black Coffee were absolutely huge, weren't they? They were both number ones. I've kind of spoiled that for when we talk about Black Coffee later. They were both huge number ones. Then the album came out, of course, and you do sometimes expect the track not to get to number one, maybe, but to go to number seven, and in January as well, when sales are normally lower, it was, it was quite surprising. And also, well, this was the final single from All Saints for some time as well, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, what the other thing that's notable about this album is uh, things weren't easy in the group at the time. No. And this, things did come to a temporary pause Yes. Uh, after this release. A big row all over a coat. What specifically? I think it was something to do with a photo shoot or something like that, and... Two of the members wanted the same coat, and that is the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Similar to an argument we had last year where uh, I left my coat here one night and I found you'd given it away to help the aged. I just assumed that's where it had come from. It was quite, uh, quite a pong to it. Uh, thank you, Dan. You always know just what to say. <laughs> Let's move on to track three now. This is, uh, it's not a cover of the Fleetwood Mac song. Sadly, I had my cranberry juice ready and everything. Uh, this is Dreams. that was dreams and will i'm not going to ask you uh, about your dreams if you don't mind because there is nothing worse than someone telling you about their dream is there i know you've said that before when i've tried to tell you about a dream yeah don't I care had. don't care i wasn't there so even when it was one that you were in well definitely don't want to hear about that it might ruin the uh, professional working relationship i've heard you've been having nightmares recently i have because we've been watching some horror films and i watched paranormal activity for the first time recently and honestly I had a really bad night's sleep afterwards. It was terrifying. So this track, Dreams, um, I love it. It's really different to the last first two tracks on the album. It's got a great sort of breakbeat in it as well, but it's a little bit more dreamy, isn't it? Really? Well, sorry, I just, no, I can't <laughs> believe I said that, but no, it I, is. I think it, it was no, unapologetically, um, the, the song made you think it was a dreamy sound. It, you know, that wasn't a, a, a cheesy pun. Um, this song was written by Natalie alongside Chris Bonacci. And sorry, Chris, if I've said your, said your name wrong. Uh, he has worked with Mark Almond and Samantha Fox. You've also got in there Karen Wilkin, who is Samantha Fox. Um, she co-wrote this one, but I did read somewhere that the band didn't want Samantha Fox uh, as a name on their credits so that is why she appears as Karen Wilkinich I don't even know if that's a real name or if that's just a made up name I really don't know about that also there was William Orbit who provided additional production and then it was produced by Cameron McVeigh who produced Never Ever and War of Nerves uh, and he also worked with Sugar Babes and Siobhan Donaghy on her solo stuff and also Paul Sim who worked with Mutia Buena Wow it's like a who's who of, uh, of ladies in pop uh, exactly yeah and Samantha Fox. And Samantha Fox. I wonder if she was topless while she wrote it. 
think you're just describing your own dreams there, Will. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a great, I completely agree. It's a really nice, chilled R&B sound. Um, and, but there's a real kind of subtle euphoric thing going on as well. It really builds for the choruses. I think it's a, a great first album track. Uh, and definitely an album track. And definitely an album track, and that's brilliant. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. Number four, please, Dan. Number four, Will, is Distance. So that was distance, uh, and quite apt for the time because we are keeping our distance, aren't we? Will one meter apart, uh, as we are not in the same bubble. I thought we were in the same bubble. Oh, are we? I'll just keep my distance from you then. Oh, well, that's always nice, isn't it? I think we're more than one meter anyway, because uh, we're at either ends of a table mm. with a big box of biscuits in the in between oh, us. Don't give the game away. Oh, absolutely lovely. You can tell Christmas is on its way because it's McVitie's Victoria box. Yeah, I, you know, you brought them round to Truck by Truck and I did say that they're, they're not for day to day, they're for Christmas Day. But uh... Well, I was going to wrap them up and save them for Christmas Day, but it's always disappointing when you open a present on Christmas Day and it's a box of biscuits. Not for me. Uh, box of wine, better. Actually. Oh, heavenly. But uh, Just got tea on the go today, actually, if you, anyone was interested. Don't think they are. No. Let's talk about the track. So this one is another Chasney and Carl Gordon uh, track. This one also written by Carl McRae. And as far as I can see, Will, I've scoured the World Wide Web. I think this is the only track that Car- Kyle has ever worked on. I wonder what he went on to do. Mm. Kyle, became, if, you're if you're listening, get in touch. Kyle is in exile. Yes. Or maybe he's gone to be a monk somewhere. Could have. Or to live a self-sustained life in the middle of nowhere. Which sounds absolutely lovely right now be nice wouldn't it mm. well i say self-sustained in the middle of nowhere i'd like being in the middle of nowhere but with a really good uh broadband connection yes and uh shopping delivery service yeah and a and an oven yes and a fridge freezer yeah and delivery uh yeah and a mobile phone yeah oh god yeah uh and 5g yeah <laughs> anyway this song, Will, what do you think? Yeah, I like it. It's another really strong album track. I've just, it's got this lovely, I know it's 2000, but it's got a lovely 90s sort of R&B vibe to it. I completely agree, yeah. It's, sorry, I didn't mean to start with that. I just had my hand ready to agree with you, but did you have more to say on that? It looked like you were trying to um, put, you push me down. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I was just, I was with you. I was, I was reaching out to hold your hand. While we should we... be shining a spotlight on each other, not uh, putting each other in a corner. No, I wasn't, not, nothing of the sort. But carry on, because obviously what you were going to say was far more interesting no, than what I was saying. No, it wasn't that. I was just excited to agree with you for once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just when you said about the 90s sort of R&B sound, I, this song, and it's, it's the guitar that does it a lot, the guitar and the R&B, made me think a lot of sort of Usher and Maya and that kind of thing. Yes, uh, you make me want to. Yes, and Case of the X. But yeah... Uh, distance I love um, again you, I think it builds into something nice as the previous track did but also you cannot deny the harmonies of All Saints their vocals are fantastic aren't they uh, they're incredible and live as well just as good I think if you're comparing them against the other big girl band of the time 
Spice Girls. Mm. Vocally. Vocally. Stronger. Yes. You can't... Now, I know you said that through gritted teeth then, but you can't deny it. Well, I don't really want to get too much into it, but uh, no, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, there's no denying. As a four-piece, each of them bring something to the table. So, should we move on? Time to move on now to track number five. Uh, Dan, get ready. I'm ready. Change of underwear ready for you. (laughs) This is Black Coffee. beautiful isn't it it's so beautiful so stunning i think it i said this about pure shores but i mean it even more for this one one of my favorite pop singles of all time i think it's practically flawless it um um, what is it exactly that's flawless about it i really want to get into this with you actually because you often talk about black coffee being amazing and i and i think it's brilliant too but i think you just adore it i do and and i think it's partly because of course it's willie morbit on production duties for this one and it's so synonymous with his sound but it's kind of he does great sort of ballads like if you think about madonna's frozen he does great upbeat stuff as well but this is kind of really in the middle um so it kind of shows off everything he can do um also it's quite um unorthodox as a pop song beginning with that sort of opening spoken sort of rap thing from chasnay uh which or, you know, in, in some ways, the structure of the song feels almost like something Xenomania or something like that. And also lyrically as well, I suppose, talking about brush your teeth and pour a cup of black coffee. Um, it's not your standard love song. Um, and so interestingly, what I almost feel like I'm a bit of a traitor saying all that because this one uh, is one of very few non-covers by All Saints that wasn't written by any of the band. So it's quite rare to not have Chazney on writing duties. So who who was on writing duty? Get ready for this, Will. Get ready for this. Yeah. Uh, so you had Kirsty Bertarelli. Now, Kirsty is a former Miss UK, and she is the wife of Ernesto Bertarelli, who is an Italian-born Swiss businessman. Now, on the Sunday Times Rich List in 2017, uh, her husband's family were the six with an estimated fortune of 11.5 billion. So she's actually the Britain's richest woman. You making this up? No. How bonkers is this? So Britain's richest woman. Uh, and good for her, actually, wrote Black Coffee. Uh, she's had some other bits and bobs as well, but this was, of course, this is her, her, her biggest track by far. What other tracks did she do? So she's released her own singles, a track called Don't Say in 2010, uh, and an album Elusive. Um, but they, you know, they're not, you don't hear of her name, do you, as a, as a songwriter? And I'm sure she does have a passion for it, otherwise she wouldn't do it, despite the fact, you know, she could just uh, holiday all the time. Well, thank goodness she, goodness she does, did do it. Well, thank God, yeah. Um, and I should say, it wasn't Kirsty alone. It was also Tom Nichols, who co-wrote Kylie's Fever, the, the title track of the album, which is a stunner. Uh, and also Alex Van Soos, who has written with lots of people, but most recently he enjoyed a K-pop number one. Ah, oh, with who? That's a bit of homework for everyone, I think, Well. <laughs> so this was another huge hit. This was the second single release, and it was, again, number one. Of course. Rightfully so. 
And I think when you talk to people about All Saints, it's not just you that cites this as one of their favourite tracks. It is a commonly held belief. This is one of the best All Saints tracks. And would, and would you agree with that as well? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, I just wonder what makes it so, the longevity as it is for this track. I, I do think, as I said before with Pure Shores, I do think there's something quite timeless about the production. I, I don't think it sounds dated at all. But is that just because it's from, you know, within my life, it was such a huge song? Or is it actually quite a dated sound? It's only the group's fourth best-selling single, though. Ah, so I'd imagine Pure Shores is number one. No, never ever number one. Pure Shores number two. Under the Bridge number three? Maybe. I haven't got the, I haven't got the info. Oh, girls, if you're listening, do let us know. Uh, and Lewis at Digital Spy placed it at number three in the ranking of All Saints singles. So I'd have it at number one. I think a lot of people will put Never Ever at number one, but for me, this, this whole sound is just a stunner. And maybe if Nick was there, he'd have done that too. I think probably would. I think it's, more, I think it's on our page. Track number six now. And this, Will, reminds me of when you had that awful cough a few weeks ago, which wasn't COVID, I must say. Whooping over you. So that was Beautiful Stranger, but oh, sorry, Dan, you gave me Ooh, daggers then. Yes. Whooping over you. Uh, but it does, it's very, it does sound very familiar. I'm very happy about that because I do like that very quirky um, sound to it. And it's interesting that we both did think that as well, because Beautiful Stranger, of course, was a William Orbit production and William Orbit has appeared on this album, but this is not a William Orbit produce. Isn't it? No. Why does it sound so much like it is? <laughs> I don't know. It must, must be influenced. This one is Chasnay with Johnny Douglas. And Johnny has produced for George Michael. Also Kylie's Password and Kukachu, which I think it's got elements of that as well. Uh, also some 90s R&B legends, including Michelle Gale and Louise. Wow. Quite a pop pedigree. Mm, definitely. Do you enjoy this? Really like this one because... You know, it's a very interesting title as well. And I, I was, I remember the first time I heard it and more recently rediscovering it, thinking, interesting title, what's this, you know, what's this song going to be? And I think it definitely has got an interesting sound as well. It's quite psychedelic. Uh, mm. And also, as well as reminding me of Beautiful Stranger, likewise, reminded me of Groovies in the Heart. And what about you, Will? You fan of this song, this sound? Yeah, it's a, what a fun song. Yes. And it's a great, it's perfectly placed actually after some massive tracks, bit of R&B in there as well, midpoint in the album to really kind of lift your spirits, get you, get you dancing. Get your dancing shoes on. Yeah. Also, it's great to hear uh, Nicole taking a lead vocal because of course, you know, it's quite obvious Chasnay and Mel normally given the lead vocals, uh, but Natalie and Nicole have both got fantastic voices as well, uh, as we heard from Appleton. Everything eventually. Yeah, great album. Some great songs on there. Uh, what was the... Don't Worry. Don't Worry, the Galaxy advert. And uh, Fantasy, great lead single as mm. well. Track number seven now, and this is I Feel You. 
Don't. I'm I, two meters away from you. So I, I, that was the song. I feel you will, uh, and a much more chilled sound, isn't it? Yes, uh, I have to confess, not one of my favourites on the album. Well, I would agree, but why is it not one of yours? Um, it is a bit more relaxed, but I just don't think it goes anywhere. Yeah, I think it's sort of drift. It's 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 nice. It's fine. It drifts along, um, but after the first six tracks that you've got there, I think it's a bit of a drop for me yeah although is it a needed bit of a breather after the, that run no no don't need a breather really okay I'm fine yeah just had uh pop something to uh perk you up pro plus yeah well done so this one was written by mel mel blatt uh with russell nash femi williams and stuart zender now stuart was mel's partner at the time and he was previously the bassist with jamiroquai and has also played with mark ronson particularly on the uh, huge track, Somebody to Love Me. Uh, he's also played with Gorillaz and Lauren Hill. He's worked with some incredible artists then. Mm, definitely. And I think, I just completely ag- I agree that this track is by no means my favourite. I did quite like the kind of, the subtlety and the and the breather, but it did remind me a little bit, and I think it's the guitar that does it, of Mel's Artful Dodger collaboration, 24-7. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. A little, kind of a chill, there's something chilled about it. But why do we let the listeners be the judge of that? If we're lucky... Oh, I was waiting for magic words. Let's have a listen. So there we are. And interestingly, um, I when we played that, I did think, actually, did Mel co-write that one? No, she didn't. But uh, an artist called Michelle Escoffrey co-wrote that song with Artful Dodger. Remember that name, Will? Ooh, why? You'll find she coming, out. She's coming for tea. <laughs> we'll see. Well, she can only come in if she brings a carrot cake. We just had one. Time to move on? Yes. Track number eight now... William Orbit's back. Oh, good. Surrender. I feel so sweet as you kiss me. So that was Surrender. Like you said, William is back and this one was written with him and Chasney. You can really tell, I mean, you can always tell a William Orbit track, but it's just that the sort of dream pop and just the layers of incredible sounds that he, he puts in. I just think he's very 
he's an, just an artist on mm. the tracks he works on. And I love how it does feel ethereal and a bit dreamlike. And that kind of surrender. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't do that justice. Shelly Bassey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Goldfinger. When are we doing Shirley on the podcast? Oh, Shirley at Christmas. Oh, lovely. Sherry. Oh, sorry, I meant Sherry at sherry Christmas. Sherry at Christmas, yes. <laughs> Whiskey New Year. <laughs> this, um, I completely agree. And it's, for me, I was trying to think, what is it about William Orbit's sound? I suppose I was trying to describe it before with Black Coffee, but it's almost like, and you can hear it on this one, it's almost like his sound, it's like electronic waves washing over the song. That's what I hear anyway. Um, and particularly on this one, I like the chorus. It's very, just an echoed vocal uh, and just the repetition of Surrender. Uh, and what are they surrendering to in this track? Well, um, the lyrics go, I feel so sweet as you kiss my feet and you undress me as I surrender. Ah. Feet, um, feet fetishism. fetishism. <laughs> feet fetishism. <laughs> Have you got one of those? Try saying that with a couple of toes in your mouth. <laughs> no, I don't. No? Don't agree with that. In the workplace. Or the bedroom. <laughs> Maybe the living room. If you want to do that, do it in the car park. Mm. Oh. In the car or out the car? No, just on the tarmac. Oh. Lovely. If it rains, you can shelter under the parking, the pay station. A real insight to your life here. What no. happens when we're not recording episodes? Um, I'm no. in the car park. Don't answer that. Oh. <laughs> Dogging. Anyway. Track number nine now will haha. So, ha-ha there. Ha-ha. Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. Uh, and this is another... I'm not surprised that this is another one that's written and co-written and produced by Johnny Douglas. Yeah. Because it's another quite quirky, different-sounding sort of song. Yeah. It's got a real bump to it, hasn't it? We haven't given it a bit of the elbows up. Elbow kind of in. shoulder action. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's almost yeah, scar-like in its sound, uh, which is... Uh, Bit of a new sound for the girls, but something they would experiment with later. Um, if you think about Rocksteady and some of the other stuff. On, I think that there was a song actually called Scar on Studio One. Um, so they would go into that sound a little bit more obviously. But I think there's a hint of it on here. Uh, there's some great album tracks on here that are what they are. They are what they are. I would say, would you agree? Well, I think the album as a whole, this is stronger than the debut. Yes. Yeah. But it, weirdly, it took me a lot longer to listen to this one. Um, because I, I used to really enjoy the whole album, whole first album, I should say, and tracks like Alone and Beg and stuff like that as well. The first two albums of All Saints are brilliant. When are we doing Studio One? Well, let's talk about Testament, maybe. Or... Yeah, I'd love to talk about Testament or um, White Flag. White Flag was fantastic as well. Uh, red Flag. No, Red no. Rag. Red <laughs> to no. a bull. White, what was it? Um, hang on. Are we getting our, um, our wires crossed here? Red flag. Red flag. So this one was, Mr. Douglas, this one was written with Mel. Um, 
I really like, it's quite playful and almost there's some storytelling to the lyrics again. It's a bit kind of tongue-in-cheek, a little bit naughty. And I really like the one, two, what's a girl to do? I was thinking, can you think of any other tracks that have the sort of one, two, three, four, the counting? One, two, buckle my shoes, three, four, knock at the door, five, six. <laughs> Who was that again? Pick up sticks, seven, eight, don't be late. Nine, ten. Here's Big Ben. I was thinking of Jumba Eternals. What you what you gonna do? No. One, two. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Yeah. Three. No, that's bad. Bad boys. Oh, they, we got so much music Alexandra swinging Burke. around in our heads. Maybe it's time for us to do some research. And while we do, track ten. Love Lo- is love. Love is love. Love is love. Love it. Lovey. Lovey is lovey. That was Love is Love. Well, that's a bit of an explosion from nowhere, that song, isn't it? Uh, would it surprise you when I say it's one of my favourite non-singles for, on the album? It wouldn't at all, actually. But what is it about it? Just the 80 synths in it, actually. Mm. And it's a real pickup in pace and vibe after the last few tracks as well. And again, something completely different. Yep, definitely. And it's Mr. Douglas again. The lovely Mr. Douglas, not Michael or Kirk. Uh, and on this one, he has co-written it with Chazney. This one actually will remind me a little bit of the sound of Liberty X's doing it. Do you remember their second single, which yeah. didn't actually do it in the charts very much? Uh, but I really li- I've always liked that one. It also reminds me a little bit of a Good Thing by Rosie Ribbons. Oh, good old Rosie. I've, wait, she's got a hard album. We can put her on the long list. Because I thought that, um, what was the first one called? Blink. Blink. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> share on it as well. I'm backing vocals. <laughs> but there's some great tracks on the album as well. Mm. Coming up soon. We should do a Pop Idol Illumini special, maybe. Mm. Mm. Would you like that, mm. listeners? Would you like that? Do let us know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, great. Love, love, love is love. Love is love. And what a lovely sentiment as well. Mm. And we've, that phrase is used a lot at the moment. This is 20 years ago. Yeah. Kylie at the minute, isn't it? Love is love. It never ends. Track number 11 now. And Dan, this is what you wrote in uh, the Christmas card that you slipped over the counter to the boy from the chip shop. Ready, willing and able. So that was, uh, what was it called? Ready, Willing and Able. <laughs> uh, what a great time. We've got fantastic album artwork. 
Um, and actually, great. I've got to the penultimate track on the album with this. I love this album cover. It's got a kind of bejeweled All Saints logo across the top mm. um, with the girls kind of sat. They're in some, having some drinks, aren't they? Yeah. Looks like, like they're in a trendy bar. On the leather sofa, all huddled in together. Probably deep in conversation about coats and... <laughs> Boys and stickers and ponies and myspace.com. Lovely. We, I love the cover. It is great. I, yeah, I love that bejeweled logo. That stuck with them for all of these singles, didn't it? Yeah, the single artwork is very similar, but just with a different picture. Same, same lovely logo. You could almost imagine that on the back of like an army jacket, uh, which you could probably buy from All Saints, strangely enough. Or the, down the market. The shop or the, the clothing shop or the uh, girls' merchandise store. The clothing shop. Yes. Have you ever bought anything from All Saints? Uh, yeah, a couple of bits. Have you? No, no. Oh. It's all not very colourful, is it? Oh, no, of course. Yeah, you do like your brighter colours. I'm much more of a... Muted uh, dull, individual. A dull donner. Yes. Dull Dan. Uh, so the track itself, Will? I, um, it, it's not offensive or anything. It's, it's perfectly serviceable as the penultimate track on the album. But I just think it sounds like something they've already done previously, but better. Yeah, I'd agree. And interestingly, this is Chazne and KG, just those two. Uh, they did a lot of stuff written together on the first album. But on this, this is only the second and final track where it's just those two co-writing it. Uh, the other one being, of course, all hooked up. And I think it's very interesting that that was one of our favorites on the album. And this one, I'd agree, and really nice sound, gorgeous vocals. It's quite dreamy again. Um, but for me, yeah, it's not one of the standouts of the album. So let's move on uh, to the last track of the album proper with the inevitable question about is the album going to peter out or not? Here we go with Saints and Sinners. So that was Saints and Sinners. I think, thank goodness, a strong track to finish the album. Also, obviously, not that we knew it or they knew it at the time, but the last track of their kind of first era together. And I think it's a great way to bring that era to a close. Yeah, that, and also a little bit of self-referencing as well with the uh, title. I just think, yeah, I agree. It's a great album closer because... I think they ended the first album with War of Nerves, didn't they? Which was a stunning song, mm. uh, but a big a ballad to close things off. It winds down. This is a really fun, tongue-in-cheek, playful. And I also really like Nicole's breathy vocal that you get throughout this. Uh, and she ends the whole thing with Fresh for 2000, which it was. And this would have been a very fresh sound in 2000. Um, what year, Dan, did they come back with, with the big comeback so Studio One uh, was released in 2006. So yeah, six-year gap between those two. Uh, then, of course, it was only that album uh, and only one single proper released in November 2006. And then it was in 2013 that they got back together again to just to tour. Uh, and then in 2016, they got back for Red Flag. That was a great time, wasn't it? Oh, really? It was just so exciting to have them back mm. again, wasn't it? Because... It, I think it was a little bit unexpected as well. I remember when they when they got back together to tour, 
2013, it was to support Backstreet Boys. And I thought, oh, they've not become just one of these. They're better they? than that. Oh, they're so much better than that. So yeah, a few years later, with in 2016, with Red Flag and One Strike, um, and then again with Testament, they really, they are still fantastic songwriters and uh, an album band, not just a live support act. And um, before we just move away from Saints and Sinners, just want to point out, I said before, remember the name Michelle Escoffery. Um, she co-wrote this one with Chazney ah. and Carl. Uh, and she is also she's a, a singer-songwriter in her own right as well. She was a UK judge for Eurovision in 2018, and she's written for the likes of Tina Turner and Beverly Knight, and of course, Artful Dodger. So she's not coming around for a tea. And just a word on the album performance before we go into further listening. This was a number one album in the UK, and I have to say it was very averagely received and reviewed, um, with the call-outs similar to what we've called out around the fantastic singles... Uh, but maybe some more not-so-fantastic album tracks. Um, so quite a mixed bag is the general feeling from the reviews. I mm. wonder how they think it's fair, because I think it sounds good for two decades mm. later. So, further listening time. Dan, what are we doing? So we're sticking with this era of the band. We've said before how much we love uh, the rest of their albums. We're going to get to them at some point. So, yeah, there's uh, three singles. There's lots of B-sides, remixes. Will, I'd love to invite you to go first. So, Dan, I'm going to go with one of the bonus tracks from this album. Uh, and this is I Don't Want to Be Alone. So I Don't Want to Be Alone there. That is another one co-written and produced by KG. Good old KG. Um, and I, I really like it because, again, it sounds like some of their first works as well. It's got a great kind of disjointed beat to it as well. Yeah, I really like it. It's, it's playful. It's a bit quirky, but still true to that sound. This, I think, was a bonus track, wasn't it, on some versions of the album as well as a B-side? Yeah, it was a B-side on for Black Coffee. Ah, yes. So there's another there's another bonus track called One More Tequila, which you don't have time to squeeze in today. So there's some homework for everybody to go and find that. People like it when we give them homework. They do. Pop homework is much nicer than maths homework, isn't it? Yeah. Was you good at maths at school? Yes. Was you? Yes. Top set? Top set. What happened? <laughs> it's not like I'm bloody picking up the numbers and letters on countdown, is it? Well, no, but now you've struggled to work out your arse from your elbow, so... Uh... Uh, anyway, Dan, I'll move on from that uh, insult. What have you gone for? I have gone for a remix. There were lots of good remixes at the time. Uh, and I struggled to whittle it down, actually, because there's some good stuff from the Neptunes for Black Coffee. So some homework there as well. But I have gone for the Architects vocal version of All Hooked Up. You keep asking for my time. You keep telling me that I'm fine. UK garage. (laughs) 
So architects, as you just insinuated uh, there, were huge on the garage scene, weren't they, around this time? Uh, yeah, they had a double garage. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was awful. With an automatic door. Good for them. Oh, yeah. Really uh, showing off in the cul-de-sac. They, I think they were most known for, they did a remix of Brandy Monica's The Boy Is Mine and also the track Body Groove as well. Uh, and then they remixed for Jason Timberlake and Gabrielle and Mariah Carey and Jamelia and all sorts of others. Will, what did you think to that one? Yeah, I really, I was bouncing along to it, actually. I love the dirty bass mm. um, to it. Um, just a, a nice, fun remix. Yeah. Still keeps the essence there. And a lovely bit of fuzzy synth, I thought, on that one as well. We're, We're out of time. Uh, uh, what a great trot through All Saints, Saints and Sinners, uh, on this week's Track by Track there, Dan. And what do you think? Uh, how does it compare for you to All Saints' other work? Do let us know at Track by Track UK. And do join us on Saturday for Track by Track's new music drop, when we will be discussing and sharing what's hot from some Track by Track favourites and some brand new artists as well. And if you like what you've been hearing, do please give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We love your positive feedback uh, and words of encouragement uh, for this podcast and the new music drop. Dan, we've got another Trap by Track next week. I've already let the dog out of the trap at the start. You have. But just in case anyone missed that, I'll give a hint of a tease. We are going to be talking about another the 20th anniversary of a pop R&B album from a four-piece girl group. But these weren't always a four-piece. To say anything more... You already gave it away. I'd already given it away. (laughs) Do join us on Saturday and again next week on Track by Track. So until then, I've been KG. And I've been Kirsty Bertarelli, the richest woman in the UK. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Yeah. The record, that was record scratch. Not oh, sure. I thought that was high pitch fart. <laughs> <laughs>